This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 2, Episode 10, The Journey to Happiness, Part 3, Going Beyond Emotion. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. So we have the third part um, of a series of three, kind of mini-series in Season 2, on how to be happier and it's not just being happier it's the journey towards happiness as as we know it's a consistent ongoing journey and I've got some really good stuff to hopefully help you today with that. So before we get into today's content I'd like to say a massive thank you to our sponsor for season two the masterclass session so the next online masterclass session if you didn't know is coming up very soon it's going to be with Charlie Lawson and Charlie is going to help you to be able to promote your own business for you so you don't have to do it, getting other people to do it. So if you're in business, it's a very, very useful skill. And it's actually sometimes harder than I think we think it is. But if you can get it right and build these really good relationships, it's wonderful. So Charlie can help you with that. If you click on the link in the show notes below, you'll be able to book yourself on. I'll be there, hopefully see you. And that'll be really good. So today, it's quite ambitious in the title, isn't it? Going beyond emotion. What does that actually mean? Well, this is a culmination of, I'd say, about 15 years of professional experience and 20 years of personal experience, my own reflections and things I've learned to try and help you. Here's an idea. Have you ever been sat there and you had some thoughts and feelings and emotions, but for whatever reason they pass and you're just kind of doing nothing and spacing out? Who is that? Who's that person who's watching at that point? You know, you're not really feeling anything, not really thinking anything, but you're still there, aren't you? <laughs> you know, we don't often have days where we just go from strong emotion to strong emotion. A lot of people tell me a lot of their days involve moments of meh, you know. So you're still there, aren't you? And and what's actually going on there? You're not really being driven by particular emotions, not really happy or sad or angry or any of these things. And I think that's actually where we spend a lot of our time. And, And there is a way to kind of step beyond emotion. So I'm going to try and help you with that. So the first two parts, we looked at happy emotions and trying to cultivate those, and they're absolutely, definitely a good thing to do. But in the second part, we looked at negative emotions and thoughts and feelings, and I made the suggestion that we should try and move through self-awareness to be other-orientated instead of self-orientated. If you look at people who are genuinely happy and serene and calm and content, they're always interested in other people, right? They don't, they're not always about me, 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 some people. That, you know, they're very happy are, but a lot of people don't seem to be too focused on themselves. You know, why is that? Um, and I'd suggest that real, from my own personal experience, that of clients, etc., is real true happiness involves a sense of connection, a sense of progress, but equally a sense of contentment as well. You know, so you're on the way to somewhere, but you're connected to people and you're actually enjoying the journey, right? You see how this all kind of comes together. So what I want to give you today is six ways that you can help to move beyond emotion and cultivate that sense of you that you spend a lot of time in when you're not particularly feeling any strong emotion at all. Uh, I'm going to give you the examples and then I'm going to relate them to how they can help you in your business and in your life because I could do just one or the other, but I think, you know, they are things that can work in both. So let's get into the first one. The first one that I suggest is that you expand the sense of who you are. So let's look at you first, right? We tend to think I am just one person in one body, I have one life. But we started to explore 
the difference between the body and the mind, didn't we? We said you've got a brain in your body, but the, what is the mind? Because when people think about you, right, they're thinking about you in their brains, so you exist beyond your own body into their body, which is a bit weird. So we often get scared and we, we kind of think that with these small little things, and you're not, you're an incredible, amazing, amazing thing. So this is something that helps me. I want you to, when you get a bit upset or concerned or you're thinking about growing that sense of self, just think about the ocean and how deep the ocean is. Proper depth the ocean, it's got proper character. And on the surface, yeah, there's there's waves and there's all sorts of things, but the deep is always untouched. And mentally, that's always helped me. If I get upset or if I'm having a bit of a wobble, I just say it's like ripples on the surface, but the deep, the deep stuff's untouched. And these vast images help me to expand the sense of who I am, right? Another one is the sky. You know, every time you go on a plane and you get above all those clouds, you see that bright, brilliant blue sky. And you think, wow, it's, yeah, it's actually pretty big, this. So that's the first thing. I would suggest is expand the sense of what you think you are. You know, are you just one tiny person, a tiny body, or are you connected to something massive, absolutely massive? And your troubles temporary, they come and go like ripples on the surface, but the deep is untouched like the ocean and like the blue sky untouched by the clouds. So it's quite a heavy one to start with, isn't it? <laughs> um, to help you with that, a wonderful book to help you to understand that is Anamkara, means soul friend in Gaelic by John O'Donoghue. I've mentioned him before, John O'Donoghue was an Irish poet, a mystic, a priest, and Celtic wonder. And that book is all about understanding yourself and being like your own best friend of your soul. But he had a massive love for nature. He saw nature as what he called the great sacrament, how we come into communion with God. And it's wonderful and, and helped me to really understand those kind of deep, wide, expansive senses of self. We're not cut off from things. We're part of something bigger. Um, so if you want to help with expanding that, that's absolutely what I'd recommend. In terms of business, it's even more important, I think. For me as Cataholos, I founded Cataholos as a limited company because I didn't want it to just be Mike with Mike's little backpacker skills. I was thinking big and thinking when a form a legal entity that is not me, that exists separate and can be as big as my vision is. And as it's grown, that's exactly what's happened. So I'm constantly expanding the sense of who we are and what we are, we are capable of. I've mentioned it before, Grant Cardone, brilliant example, he says he wants his stuff to be everywhere and free like electricity. Now that's a very expansive sense of business vision, isn't it? You think about that, just think, could your stuff be eventually everywhere and for free? You know, that's a high level thinking in business. So expanding the sense of who you are, you know, your services and products, the range, can they expand? Could you go international? Could you have an online offering? Could you have a recurring revenue stream? Could you go into a different sector? Could you diversify your offering? There's so many things. I'm not suggesting you change your business, but being open to that sense of expansion and progression is absolutely amazing. You know, the exponential potential of every business is, is as big as you want it to be, isn't it? So that's the first thing. And just so that brings a sense of warm awe and sorry, awe and possibility, which is pretty exciting. The second thing that, that I suggest in going beyond emotion and cultivating something a bit deeper like the ocean is this is brilliant. I got this, I've mentioned him before, he's so good. T. Harv Ecker. T. Harv Ecker is a multimillionaire who wrote a book called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. So read it. It's really, really good. And this is a really cool example. So keep it in mind with the first thing I just told you. He said, imagine you have a level nine problem. 
and you're only a level seven. So play the game, right? So level nine is much bigger, much more difficult, isn't it? Then level seven is beyond you. But if you grew yourself and grew your abilities to level 100, whatever that looks like, then that same level nine problem, it's not changed, but it's a lot easier to handle because you think, well, I'm level 100. A perfect example of that is children. You know, you have something that's difficult in an English or maths class or science class in year seven. You go back to it in year 10, it would be so easy. It's the same problem. It's just your abilities have grown. So I think that's a really useful one to, to keep in mind in, in going beyond this emotion. It's not how do I handle this thing and solve myself. You're not a problem to be solved. You know, I'd like to say that again, you are not a problem to be solved. It's more about how can you grow yourself so that you can handle the same things, no problem. So I suggest two ways. Grow yourself on the inside, you know, the loving kindness, the sense of serenity, the peace, the working on yourself and the inside out. And then also work on your outside skills. Communication skills are going to be essential for the next, I don't know, thousand years. What about some of that coding skills, tech skills, you know, these things that are really valuable. So then you've got those kind of hard and soft skills combination of that you're a powerful force so again going into business yeah you're consistently growing your abilities training yourself developing yourself going on courses yeah that are valuable highly valuable as well as working on yourself on the inside and trying to be the best version on the inside that combination of the two you'd be completely unstoppable you will just grow yourself and you'll look back and go that same thing that was a massive problem six months ago that's so easy now so easy and just think about all the things that you've overcome in the last two years of the pandemic. That if I'd have told you, you know, you're going to have to do these things, back then you'd have gone, oh, no, no, no. But your ability and your resilience and your resolve has grown to such a level. A lot of people now are just like, yeah, just bring it on. Let's just do it. It's fine. I can do that. You know, so you should be proud of that. So thinking, how can I grow myself to level 100, you know, so that the level nine problem is no longer a problem anymore. The third thing that I'd highly recommend, and this is a personal example, um, is a sense of duty and service and responsibility towards others. So when we're younger, I guess, we tend to think it's all about us and it's all about, not everybody, but, you know, it's about um, making ourselves the best version of us or being happy. And as I've grown and expanded my awareness of things, I've realised that not everybody thinks like that. A lot of people are community-orientated right from the start and focus on helping other people. But my happiest and most connected and most wonderful serene moments have come from doing things in duty and service to other people uh, and embracing a sense of responsibility. Jordan Peterson, the psychologist or Jordan Peterson, is very big. He's a behavioral psychologist of 30 years plus experience and he says he's very aware that when people, especially young men, he says, embrace responsibility, their lives improve drastically. They embrace a sense of personal and professional responsibility, then they uh, their whole lives benefit because they take personal responsibility which affects other people and I remember I've had all sorts of examples I remember cleaning a toilet in the south of France in Lourdes it's a place of uh, pilgrimage for Christians and it's great you go as a young person you're part of this team and you um you take these like you look after people that are older and sick and you look after them in the hospitals you take them around the shops you take them to these places of worship but we had so much fun and I remember actually scrubbing toilets but because I was doing it to help the hospital and doing it in service and we you know, we had a team and we had some banter, we were talking, having fun, it was fine. There was such a sense of we're actually helping people here. It was wonderful. And there was a responsibility there, absolutely, because a lot of these people are very vulnerable. But you just embraced that and you, you took it on. So in relation to business, 
this is, you know, I think a very, very important thing to understand. People talk about corporate social responsibility these days. Climate change is a, is a big issue for a lot of people. As long as it's done intentionally towards helping other people, I don't think you can go far wrong with this sense of duty and service and responsibility, personal responsibility and professional reaching out beyond yourself to help your local community, you, you know, your wider community, the global community. Any time I've personally done that or I've asked people to consider doing it themselves, they've always benefited in some way. But it's not so much about them benefiting, it's about reaching out beyond yourself. So, you know, we're looking today at going beyond emotion. So we're, we're trying to be more other orientated and going beyond your sense of self. Again, like I said at the start, the true happiness, myself, my clients, family and friends, of experience is always related to connection and progress and contentment. So if you're helping somebody to progress in an area and you're helping them to be content or safe uh, and you're connecting with them, that's a wonderful thing to do. So here's an example. I saw on the news with the conflict going on in the Ukraine, there were German families, get this, this is an incredible example of this, German families as people, Ukrainians were going into Germany, holding up signs as they arrived saying, we can take you. We can look after you. Come and stay at our house. You're welcome. And the reporter was saying that no matter how many Ukrainian people came, there were more than enough. And there were not just German people, but this was in Germany. More than enough German families willing to take them, which is incredible. Even better than that, there was a man who had fled Syria six years ago. It took him two months to walk on foot to Germany from Syria. He got there and he's in such a good place now that it showed him loading up a coach full of supplies and going to the border of the Ukraine to take as many people as he could. Now, if that is not a sense of world citizenship, global duty, service and responsibility by that incredible man, I don't know what is. And, you know, we, we don't have to do things as big as that. <laughs> but it starts with being willing to, doesn't it? You know, and if you want some help with that, if you think, well, how on earth, you know, would I start that in relation to my business, I mean, I look after my family and I try and do the right thing, but, you know, I don't want it to be a pressure. It doesn't have to be a pressure at all. Um, a book that I'd highly recommend to help you is called 12 Steps to a Compassionate Life by Karen Armstrong. So Karen Armstrong, I've mentioned before, was a former Catholic nun who became a, I think she became a full-time academic or researcher, but she really understands the impact of spirituality and religion and communities and deeper senses of compassion and helping other people, right? And that book, to me, was very, very helpful because it talks about starting from where you're at today, right now, and being willing to reach out beyond yourself. That's all you need. That's literally it. If you've got that for your business, if you've got that for your life, you'll be fine. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is a really interesting um, kind of framework that I got from a book by David Goodhart. So David Goodhart is a British journalist and an author and it's called Head, Hands and Heart and the the argument that he makes in the book is that in the UK especially but around the world as well we we have become too head focused in relation to going to university acquiring thinking skills cognitive skills and to the point where heart work like care work caring for people and hand work like crafts have not been considered as important so if we're trying to cultivate satisfaction and fulfillment I suggest we can use this little model. So, you know, we want skills, yes, thinking skills and abilities, but especially when it comes to things like mental health and looking after yourself, there's a lot of talk about thoughts, absolutely. You know, it can be very helpful. But what about your heart, you know? What about your relationships? What about the things that 
bring you alive and give you a sense of joy, making sure you've got those in your life. And what about your hands? You know, could you pick up a craft? Could you start cooking? Could you listen to some music? Could you do some gardening? It's interesting, when I applied this framework to my life and I was talking to my parents about it and people I know, the people that um, have a, a full sense of the vibrancy of life seem to embrace all three, you know, they don't just go for one. So for example, um, with me, I love business for feeding my brain. Um, but I love it even more for the relationships, the heart-centered you know, elements that it can create, the relationships I create with my clients. Uh, and then a lot of the things I enjoy the most are things I do with my hands, cooking, playing musical instruments when I used to do jiu-jitsu, and I did gardening for a bit. Physical things for me bring you into the present moment. And again, you're reaching out beyond yourself physically, whether it's reaching out to touch a musical instrument or reaching out to touch the ground and the earth in the garden or reaching out and feeling the ingredients as you cook a meal, you know. So try that to get that, again, reaching out beyond yourself, Get maybe getting out of the head into the heart or out of the heart into the hand or making sure, you know, in your day, could you have all three? Now, in a business context, this is very, very interesting because what do you hear a lot of? You know, bottom line, save your money, solve problems, um, save your time, and they're all very, very helpful. Absolutely. I was doing a lot of research into sales and it's changing, isn't it? Needs are changing. I've talked about how value is is considered is changing, especially because of the pandemic. And now if people are saying, well, if I can work from home and spend more time with my family, I might consider that more important than making more money, right? So think about your business. Can it provide value in all three areas? Are you just hitting people with things for, for the head? Or could you be pulling on the heartstrings a bit? Or could you get physical with something? I mean, that's why I love writing uh, and making products. You know, when I held my book for the first time, a physical book, Again, that's a move from you know self-orientated to other-orientated. I created something for somebody else. For me, there's no better feeling in business than when you create a service or product that benefits somebody and you're not there. You don't need to be there, you know? Whether it's a podcast or a training course, whether it is you've made an artisan table or a vegan cake, it doesn't matter what it is. What it matters is, is it giving some benefits to the head, the hand and the heart. So... I really like that. I thought it's nice and simple. And for me, if I get out of balance, it's often because I've, I've spent too much time in any kind of one area. So I thought that was a, right, a nice little aspect. The fifth one is I wanted to give you something very simple. Again, going beyond emotion to understand and, and focus when basically the past, the present and the future is where we all kind of trip up, right? So we're in a present moment that's really painful and we can't handle it. Or we're trying to be in the present moment, we think of something from the past and that's painful, triggers an emotion. Or projecting into the future and, and we get anxious. For me and for people that I work with, the senses of, like we said before, connection, growth, contentment all come from the present moment. Now that sounds very simple. It is simple. It's not easy. So I wanted to give you some phrases that can be kind of like um, things that you can hold on to. Uh, neurolinguistic programmers, NLP practitioners, call them anchors. So imagine an anchor anchoring down a ship. It's the same thing in the mind, you know, but it is a good idea. And I want to do very simple words to just anchor you in relation to all three. The first one is the past. Just think of a photograph. Past is gone. It's over. And it can't hurt. It can't hurt anymore. And people think, yeah, but this thing happened in the past and it might affect the future. And there's this and there's that. And but what we do is we think about the past and we replay it like it's really happening and then we imagine it in the future. 
but it's not. It's less of a video, it's more of a photograph. The past is gone, it cannot hurt you unless you let it. So that's the first thing is just if you think of a photograph and say the past is a photo, it's over. It can't hurt me. A photo can't hurt you. You know, when you look at a photo, it's the emotions it, it's, it brings up, it's the ideas, and you might play a story in your head. It's just a photo. It's just a photo. So the past is a photo. Okay, so think past, think photo. The second one is the present. And this is a really good phrase that my directress of operations, Kathleen, came up with, which is fresh mind. Think about when you've been in a house, like we all have, or your flat, or where you live, and the windows have been closed and the air is all kind of, you know, stale, and then you've opened a window, and the air is fresh, and suddenly you think, yeah, I feel a bit better. Well, that's the way I want you to think about the present moment. A fresh mind. Fresh mind. Keep saying that to yourself. Fresh mind. Like a beginner. Everything you're experiencing. It's like it's the first time you've ever done it. You see somebody, it's like, wow, nice to see you. Like it's the first time, but also it's like it's the only time, you know. So anytime you're really struggling, thinking about the past, think about the future, struggling with the present, just say, can I bring a fresh mind to this? What would a five-year-old think about this, you know? What would an alien think about this? So we think about the past, that's a photo, it's gone, can't hurt you. In the present, bring a fresh mind to this. How do you bring a fresh mind to this, you know? And the last one is, and this is I think the most powerful one, the last one is deathbed. Now I want to be respectful because... Not everybody is going to be fortunate enough. I might not be fortunate enough to, you know, live to a long time and be on a deathbed, surrounded by others. But it's a very good concept to keep in mind, and it's basically when you think about is this going to be important as you come to that moment. You come to that moment where you hopefully lived a long life, or you've lived a good life, or you're happy with your life, and you're thinking, yeah, that's me. You know, now I know it's not always possible for a lot of people. However, because we have that uncertainty. We have to have some kind of concept around it. So you come into the end of your life on the deathbed. Will it matter? Does that email really matter? Does that colour of what you know, whatever really matter? And if it does, fair enough. But it might not, you know. Now, if that's too far away for you and you don't like that, just think five years, 20 years, does it matter? Does it really matter? What were you doing five years ago last Tuesday? I don't remember. <laughs> and yet we, we think it can be really important. So those are just three little simple images to keep in your mind. The past is a photo, it can't hurt you. The present, bring the fresh mind, the fresh mind, you know. Be other-orientated, be interested in other people, you know. And the deathbed, does it really matter, really matter, you know, to your death and beyond. And the last one, this is something just really simple because I love music, and it just came to me this morning. Here's another nice little image to help you to move beyond your emotions, you know. Because sometimes we feel like our emotions play us. You know, people say, oh, these thoughts came. And somebody wants to describe their thoughts like vampires. Don't let them in. <laughs> you know, you once you invite them in, they're in. Or when you're feeling these emotions, you can't get off. Think of it more like you're playing a musical instrument. So think about it, right? Or you are a musical instrument. On a musical instrument, say a guitar, you can play happy songs, like happy emotions. You can also play sad songs. Both equally good. I love sad songs and happy songs. Sometimes you play nothing. And you'll put it down and leave it for a few days. And a bit of space, a bit of silence. You see where I'm going with this? You are a guitar. Play happy songs. Play sad songs. Play no songs. Sometimes your string breaks. <laughs> you need to go to the shop for some repair. Right? Sometimes you think, I'm sick of that. Other times, you hear a brand new song and you learn a brand new song and you come to life. Right? So you're a musical instrument. Play yourself. <laughs> you know? But then again, play music for other people as well. 
they might enjoy listening to you and seeing you just as you are. It's a, it's a lovely little metaphor. Just take that and run with it. So at the end of this little three-part series, I just wanted to su- su- kind of summarize where we've been with this. So the first episode, we're thinking about cultivating the positive. Cultivate those positive emotions in your inner garden. You know, Make the effort, make the time. Cultivate the loving kindness, the serenity, the warmth, the passion, the joy, the kindness. You know, Make the effort. Second part, we said, well, embrace the negative. Yeah, don't try and squash it. Don't try and resist it. It's part of life, and we gave you some models to help with that. And today we've been saying, grow who you are. Sense of vast space. You can handle anything, 100%. Yeah, and if you think you can't, go back to some of these book suggestions or reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you with that. So hopefully it's been helpful to expand your sense of understanding of happiness from I want to be happy, me, right now, all the time to it's a way of being and it's a way of being that you don't chase like we said right at the start but if you cultivate these things it kind of comes to you when you're least expecting it which makes it all the more special so until we talk again uh just pick one thing from the six from today the one that's resonated is it head hands heart duty and service sense of expansion growing yourself past present and future the musical instrument just pick one just say i like that i'm gonna do something with that And even if you don't, just as you are right now, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care and speak soon.